BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In January, we made plans for what we'd do this year. Travel, parties, a promotion, merriment and cheer. But soon thereafter, life began to truly run aground. So there's just one thing to sing as December rolls around. What the actual fuck 2020? What the flippity flappity fuck? At points we had a little hope, but then you slapped us and said, Nope, every day we'll fucking suck. So 2020, what the fuck? Just gotta get to New Year's Eve, that's cute. However, this might simply be how bad life is forever. Whoever's writing this hellish roller coaster plot could just stop. You sadistic, twisted crackpot. What the actual fuck 2020? What the crap? What the hell? What the fuck? So much bullshit that we hated, it seems almost calculated. This is more than just bad luck. So 2020, what the fuck? Oh, hear the sleigh bells jingle. The magic makes you tingle. But it's not safe to mingle. So you won't meet Kris Kringle. All your single friends still single. <laughs> what the actual fuck, 2020? What the fuck? What the ball-kicking, eye-gouging fuck? Take figgy puddings if you've got them and shove them up your bottom. Your sweet fa-la-la-la-la stink as much as Santa Claus. You don't even comprehend how much we want this shit to end. So we can somehow climb out of this muck. 2020 What the fuck? How in the bloody fuck Shout out to Whitney Avalon I supposed to follow that That's Shut- like saying and ladies and gentlemen that was Beyonce and now it's for entertainment like what the fuck that was Whitney Avalon, so everybody go check out Whitney Avalon. Maybe she won't, you know, maybe if we make a couple bucks off of this actual show, she won't sue us for, you know, 79 cents And uh, because we said, you know, go check out Whitney Avalon. I thought that was entertaining as fuck. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Like, I didn't know what to expect because you decided to give us the uh, Christmas surprise. You know, the commissioner's own little Christmas present. And 
I say he hit that one out of the park. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I agree. I mean, how am I supposed to follow that up? Seriously, that was great. Since we're Shout having the dialogue you. now. This is how we're going to do it, and then we can actually go into the show afterwards. So what 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 what's your line? Like give give PC his flowers. Like that was that was a good start. Now there's only one way to go, and that's the bottom, buddy. So Listen, you, you better start drinking more, you, whatever you have to do to not fuck it up tonight, because you're starting you. off really fucking high. That's it. <laughs> we talked about George. We talked about George Casans in the pre-show. Good night. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in to Pot is War. <laughs> uh, all right. So I guess I'll. Well, I can't start because the moderator just left, so I can't even get into the normal spiel because. I don't have somebody hit the button. There's no buttons. So Obi Wan, what's going on? Yeah, uh, you could almost say 2020. What the fuck, right? Is that is that what you could say? I think we've all said that at some point in time. I think you know. Yeah. Well, I know Mother Teresa's no longer here, but if she was, she would have said it too. 2020, what the fuck? Even the Pope said 2020, <laughs> what the fuck? Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. Uh, well, let's try it. Greetings. <laughs> Seasons greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks connected with Chairshot Radio Network. Whitney, whatever her last name is, Whitney and Avalon. in conjunction with Whitney Avalon, and Avalon. in conjunction with thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads and think about it. I know some of you irresponsible melon farmers are still going to gather and congregate during Christmas. You're going to want to be with your families, and I understand why. But you know there's always that weird cousin that shows up at the last minute or that nephew or that kid that is connected to you somehow, but he's he or she, they're home from college, and you don't have a gift for him. So why not go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt so when that melon farmer steps foot in the house, you actually got something for him. We've got something for everybody, and it doesn't even have to be wrestling related. Hashtag journalism. Nobody likes journalism right now. Fake news. Nobody likes any of that. Jesus did the job. If they're religious, he's literally the reason for the season. Jesus did the job. His dad was the promoter. And now on December 25th, we have Christmas. What else we got? Save Tag Team Wrestling. Okay, that one, that's a little, okay. The Chair Shot logo on a Corona bottle. What college kid's not going to like that? They drink Corona. They don't know any better right now. We need to get a Natty Light Chair Shot logo, too, to really kind of drive the point home. But the point is, there is something for everybody. You know that Melon Farmer's going to show up. You're going to feel like shit when you don't have anything for him. You're going to run out to Rite Aid and go get him some Isotoner fucking gloves, and you live in Florida. <laughs> so, so you might as well, you might as well stock up by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine chair shot t-shirts. Because as soon as we get done with Christmas, we got Valentine's Day, St. Patty's Day. It's gonna be somebody's birthday. There's always a holiday, so just keep them stocked up by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And if you type in if. I, I make no guarantee, but if you type probably, in the promo code Christmas, it probably won't work. Ty, try typing in the promo code Christmas. Don't do it. If that doesn't work, try Hanukkah. Neither of them will work. As a Hail Mary, try Kwanzaa. I know that shit ain't gonna work, but <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> we try shit. <laughs> 
Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shop. Please and thank you. Thank you. And please, as you all know, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by Mark Hamill from the second Star Wars, not the Rise of Skywalker, but the, the one Last before Jedi. that. The Last Jedi, a.k.a. Andrew Belaz, a.k.a. Dr. Dev Steve Williams, a.k.a. Can I Borrow a Dollar? A.K.A. I'll squeegee your windshield for said dollar. A.K.A. Can I just get a sandwich? And the Commissioner PC Tunney. I'm never going to say no to a sandwich, though, to be honest. Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking, Who would say actually. no to that? Yeah, I could actually... Can we Can we stop for a couple minutes so I can make a sandwich? No, probably not. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless it's, like, liverwurst and, like, pimento loaf, like, I'm never going to say no. Okay, so let me rephrase then. Can <laughs> I can I get a gas station sandwich? Some Those gas stations have okay, good sandwiches. Because gas stations have Wawa's yeah. and Quick Checks attached to them. I don't what know. The fuck it, is, maybe, wrong with you? is this a cultural thing or a regional thing? Well, Wawa is a regional thing, so y'all might not know what that is. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about gas yeah. station, gas station, Quick gas station sandwiches, and and the and the ability to like a gas station sandwich. Because I'm now watching, listen, is I'm watching, story. I'm watching Jalen and Jacoby today and they do something where is this cultural or is this regional? So liking a gas station sandwich, is this cultural or regional? Like, is this people of different ethnicities like gas station sandwiches or people of different regions like gas station sandwiches? Because we know that all those factors matter. I think it's a socioeconomic thing. You should never be that hungry to eat a goddamn gas station sandwich. I, there's some what? nice gas that stations, probably, though. That shit's probably been there since the Obama administration. Yeah, and he was in the eight years. Let's just put it this way. It Let's put it this way. Can we get here? I got him. I got him set up. This is like this is like a game of chess on the Netflix uh, limited series, The Queen's Gambit. And I think I'm about to put checkmate on Chris here. Oh boy! Two people that enjoy gas station sandwiches have never had the coronavirus. Do I need to continue? Word. Word. That, <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's, that's, that's funny. You smiled right away before you even said word. You fucking smiled. That's fucking comedy, man. That's fucking comedy. That was well played. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna have a drink of my beer and let you guys continue with your show. That was well fucking played. You still nasty bastards feeding gas station sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not talking about, okay, the gas station that has the subway in there. Because I've eaten some gas station Popeye's chicken before. That's cultural. But <laughs> it was Arizona and it was the closest one to me. What you want me to do? But an actual sandwich from the gas station next to the beef jerky that's been there since the Bush administration... Senior, not junior. I, I was gonna say which Bush, because that's a whole different thing right there. Senior, uh, I'll take the senior. Yeah. It's got more flavor. I mean, a little penicillin will do anybody good. That is true. Little uh, penicillin on your pizza. That was a whole Ninja Turtles kind of comment right there. So apparently, I've been doing this whole life thing all wrong. Gas station sandwiches and butt chugging salt water. Perhaps I wouldn't have got the Rona. There we go. Oh, there we Too go. Shit. You Too don't. Builds up the immune system. That's what it does. <laughs> Apparently so. And he doesn't even have it handy. He'll oh, get the, it. He'll the, edit that out. The butt chug? You want the butt chug? Yes. 
That's obviously what we're aiming for, yes. Well, I don't know about we, but I bunch on salt water all the time. There you go. If you remember correctly, when we first did this, that was pretty early on in the show. I had to repeat that you because did. Tony I... didn't want to clip. Oh, yeah, I did. I <laughs> so was like, I, had, I, I paused. I fully was aware that this was going to get replayed <laughs> yeah. for years on end. I give, Andrew, and I, had to I give you tons of credit for playing along with this forever because you probably hated it. No, I, I said it. Like, it. It was there. I had to go along with it. I own what I say. So, so real quick, man, before we get started, uh, gentlemen, what are y'all hoping that Santa Claus brings y'all this year besides mm. women? Mm. Well, there goes my answer. <laughs> I, I could use a, a redhead in a six-pack. Okay, fine. Be like that. You said a redhead in a Z-pack? Is that what you said? <laughs> redhead in a six-pack, but a Z-pack works oh, too. Oh, yeah. I, I like Z-pack. I like Z-pack better. <laughs> That's the title of the show, a redhead and a Z-Pack. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's going to come in second. I think I already got the title. Fair enough. Fair. At least write it down. Put it in consideration. Can I'm we do actually, that? I'm not going to fake write it down. I'm not going to fake type up the police report on my fake typewriter like fucking, you know, Wiggum. I'll write it down. A redhead and a Z-Pack? It's a, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> the moderator's actually moderating. He started doing that last week. Remember, we were impressed. We we gave we we're all happy that he actually stopped things and let Ray talk and actually put things on the tee nicely. And yeah, yeah. But when there's no one else around, I just let you guys fucking go. And then I'm like, okay. And then I just play it. Well, and then, then you impress the company, so you bring out the good fucking China. And you remember how to moderate? I see how it is. So, so I'm glad you understand. Uh, yeah, okay, exactly. so look, I actually wrote it down. I'm glad you get it. There you go. I wrote it down. There, there's the, there's the actual title. Don't say it. That's the first title. That's going to be the title. Uh huh. No, that that's fine. I get you. That plus, that works. Plus, uh, you know, that, that's the best tag team since the Young Bucks or uh, Fire and Ice, Scott Norton and Ice Train. But that that's a little inside baseball humor right there. Tony got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Let's had a bit of a handicap match yesterday. <laughs> I knew you'd get over it. That's why I said no. Here we go. We're going to have some pot is war right now. And I'm going to continue to moderate. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, gentlemen. The WWE as a whole is going to have their third pay-per-view, if you will, in five weeks culminating here at TLC before we take a big break on said pay-per-views leading up to the Royal Rumble, which is very, very, very smart. What are your thoughts on what we're going to see at TLC, considering it doesn't seem to me, and talking about this with a few other people from the chair shot already, that a lot of major things are going to change. You might see some additions and, and propelling some storylines in, into actual, you know, um, finish mode. But besides really good matches, there's not going to be many surprises this weekend. You guys' thoughts on TLC? So you're, you're saying that WWE is taking a break from pay-per-views by having one in 30 days. How is that different? How is that different from anything, sir? I'm saying they had three. They had one every other week for the last five weeks. We're, oh, so, so, so we're now, counting NXT in that. Yes. And now they're okay. and now they're gonna have as a network, right? All right, all right, okay, fair enough. 
But I mean, you you couldn't have said it better, man. You 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 hit the nail right on the head. Is anything of consequence gonna happen on this pay per view? Probably not. On paper, is it a good card? And should we expect a few good matches out of it? Yes. TLC is always a fun throwaway pay per view, so I don't see any different any reason rather why this would be different. KO and Roman, that's gonna be fun. Uh, AJ and Drew, that's gonna be fun. You, um, what else do we have? Here, Go let's ahead. stop. Let's talk about something else then. Let's talk about... I want to talk to you two about DPP and what he thinks WWE should stop doing. WWE should stop having gimmick pay-per-views, and they should save tables, ladders, and chairs matches. They should save Hell in a Cell matches for just random pay-per-views uh, to better get over storylines. I see Andrew uh, kind of the wheel spinning for him over there. Maybe, maybe not. Chris, you might have heard this before. Would you guys rather talk about that? That ship has sailed, man. No, but I mean, is, is that, that a better idea? Better how? Would you would because... you would you rather not have a pay per view called Hell in a Cell and one called Over the Edge, where it has been two and a half years since we've had a Hell in a Cell match and you don't know when it's coming, but they're using it to further a storyline in somebody that's about to get a big rub at a non major pay per view? It. Depends. Here, here, here's where I'm going to go with this. Generally speaking, I hated the fact that Money in the Bank became its own pay-per-view. I love the fact that it was a gimmick thing that they added on a WrestleMania, and I understand where DP is coming with that. But being the unabashedly hardcore Impact fan, Lockdown was my favorite pay-per-view forever. And everybody knew what Lockdown was about because much like war games from old WCW and even currently NXT, you know it's a war games match, you know it's a lockdown match, but you know they're going to put on a good show. Part of the recency bias, if you want to call it that, or the last couple years, we haven't had great Hell in a Cells. We've had a couple this past year, don't get me wrong, like that whole pay-per-view was fucking amazing, but then we had that bullshit of Roman versus fucking what braun and brock came in and tore the door off and somehow there was a no disqualification or there was a no uh, a no contest or something like that with seth versus the fiend or some shit like that and it just it became a joke so because they lost kind of the fan faith of being able to pull off certain gimmick things for shows it might not be a bad idea to pull back on them a little bit but if they could just consistently execute like they did this year then I don't think anybody would see that as a sticking point. And no, I, I totally agree. And I mean, to be fair, this past Hell in a Cell, they actually had matches that were worthy of cells. Mm-hmm. They, they, they had matches that needed cells as opposed to previous years where they had At cells that needed matches. Yeah, two of them, two of them, as opposed to cells that needed matches. So yeah, but that ship is sailed, man, because the matches aren't the draw anymore. The product is the draw. So, you know, typically the gimmick matches, they're to, you know, blow off the feud or to draw some people in or to get some pay-per-view buys or something like that. But that's not the business model anymore. The Shield is the draw. The WWE is the draw, not the matches at this point. And, yeah, I agree totally. It would be better that way. But that ship has sailed. All right. I I appreciate that conversation. I know DP will appreciate that when he listens. That's one of his banner things for being a hardcore WWE guy. Go ahead. TLC, plenty of great matches. It doesn't seem like a lot of major things are going to change, at least title-wise. I mean, we could get something set up towards Royal Rumble we didn't expect, but I don't know. Roman Reigns is going to be the main event, and and I, I would say zero title changes. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's going to be a great show because they have great matches and the the, the stipulations are going to add on to that. But I, I feel like I sound like a broken record. I, I know some people think I, I repeat myself a lot. That's because I want to be heard, but that's neither here nor there. I love you too. But no, I, I feel it. I, no, all, all jokes I think that aside, was, though. I think that was half true. All jokes aside, I'm being dead ass, man. I feel as if we had this exact same conversation at this exact same time of year last year, and that's, discussing the exact same pay per view. It's funny right. because we're gonna have a, a we're gonna have a similar deja vu moment to finish this show. It's funny that you foreshadowed that now. So, let me do this then, because I'm I'm not the WWE guy here, as we all know. So, if we had to pick one match that the titles were going to change, or that your highest percentage it's going to change, what is it? Because I think with the way they were building, Cedric Alexander got that that easy kind of cheeky win over Kofi, and they're kind of redeeming the Hurt Business. I think Hurt Hurt Business takes the tag titles off of New Day. I think that's the, the one in flux right there, because they need to do something with them. They can't just keep having them lose to New Day. Because it how, how gets a little ridiculous. Fuck, how did they fuck that up? And I, 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 I say that I guess it's rhetorical at yeah. this point, right? Yeah. So at this point, I think if they win that, that's a good recover point. Because Cedric turned out to be opportunistic. He turned out to be a little more of a dickhead heel than people were giving him credit for. Shelton's kind of just there, sure. But like, I think I think they take the titles because it's WWE. Tag team wrestling doesn't mean that much to them. So. If they flip the tag titles, that is basically like nothing happened on a WWE show. Well, they should have been took the titles, and I, you know, I, and I'm, I'm hoping you're right, but I think they're kind of going in a different direction because it seems like they're kind of playing Cedric as the the young startup that's too big for his britches, and he might mess around. That's funny. He might mess around and get kicked out the hurt business. I, I just hope they don't replace him with Matt Riddle because that would ruin the whole gimmick for me. Nah, they they replace him with Ricochet. That's what it is, right? Riddle's <laughs> hilarious. I don't care what you think about Riddle. I, I I don't. I may I may be a fan of Riddle like I am some other people in the sporting world, as I appreciate the work he does and not his personal life. And and that's not for anybody to judge. But what he's doing is fucking hilarious. I mean, come on, pronouns on the Firefly Funhouse. Come on, guys. I'm just saying, man. I, I like. I don't mind Riddle. I like Riddle. I just like the concept of the Hurt Business. Two bad or four badass brothers, looking good, dappered up and down, suited and booted, beating ass. The only problem is, for the last what three months, the only asses they beat are the other brothers. Like I'm tired of seeing the Hurt Business wrestle black people. God damn it! I understand. I, <laughs> I am too. I am too. Shit. They're just too. in this holding pattern with him, and I don't know. They don't know what to do with him, and they don't want to really strap the rocket on him for whatever reason. But yeah, so, give him the titles. Flip the titles. If, Who gives a shit? It's not that though. What would you pick is going to be the title of the move? Like Asuka and her random partner, who I hope isn't going to be Lana against Nia and Shayna. Is Lashley? You know it's going to be Lana. I know. I I said I hope it isn't, but I realize it probably no, will be. Not. It's, it's, so it's, is is that on the docket of possibly changing? Like, where are you going if you don't think the New Day are going to drop it? That Yeah, doesn't it have to be that? Because isn't that the story they're telling? Like, this whole time, they've been trying to get Lana over as a legitimate competitor in their own way. I don't know why they thought dropping through, dropping her through tables for, what, eight, nine, well, straight weeks? I mean, that wasn't hilarious. That just Oh, yeah. Oh, technically, yeah. technically like, Lana's not. Fuck this up, and then she wins it, so she didn't fuck it up. So hey, technically Lana's <laughs> not in the match anymore. It. Say yes, 
Technically, that's why I said oh, hopefully so. not Lana, but it probably will still be Lana. Unless so it, they, they so put her in a mask. A, I was about to say, they're, they're going to throw a mask on Lana. What are they going to call her? Uh, Lena? Uh, what, what's <laughs> it gonna be? what would her name be? Uh, Blonde Beauty? Uh, Blonde Bomber? Blonde Bomber? <laughs> Blonde Bomber? Or they could either that or they put her in the Conquistador's outfit. Oh my god, stop it. These <laughs> door three. I, okay, I guess you can't do Blonde Bomber because that's too close to Blue Blazer and we don't want that kind of bad feelings oh, because of that. Because it's not Blue Blazer. So, what if they call yeah. her Mascara? That's actually pretty good. I know it is. As I mean, long as there's the space, that's, like, that, that's, yeah. that's on WWE brand right there. I actually so like that's going to happen. Right? That's going to happen because Vince listens to everything I fucking do. He planted a bug in my house sometime. I don't know how it happened, but maybe when we started DWI. I'm like, serious. God damn it, bro. I'm serious. He's got checks. I'm serious. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the show, but I can't find the bug. I thought that was going to land better than it did. I mean, you haven't in a few years. They might as well just keep it. That's okay. Ah, shit. But yeah, I don't know. At least we're going to end with a good show, probably, though. Let's just say, at least we end with a good show. Because every time people shit on a WWE episode or pay-per-view, they're like, oh, this is a a B episode. It's a B pay-per-view. No one gives a fuck. It turns out to be, like, one of the best pay-per-views they do all fucking year. So... Agreed. It's going to end the year on a strong note, at least. And, and thank God, because Raw lately, whoo, he doggies. I loved Raw on Monday. I thought it was great. Seriously? Yeah, you had, I okay, haven't... to me it felt more like the Attitude Era. I'll be brief. Because we had a couple people that had vignettes throughout the show, and I really liked that. I liked Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt looking for each other. I already told you how much I liked Matt Riddle. I liked the interaction that the Hurt Business has in the backstage all the time. I mean, it's great. It's it's just, I, I think they're doing a better job of, of getting people over. I think the problem you're having is they're splitting brands and they're splitting their roster and it's five hours and it's always been the problem. I'm done. Okay, Sorry. That, that, that's fair, man. But there are times and there are stretches where I enjoy Raw. This just isn't one of them. Or let, let's be honest here. It's because it's five hours, but one's three and one's two. Because back back when everybody likes to hark, the, oh, Raw was amazing and SmackDown was amazing, we still had Heat. Heat was an hour. So that's still five hours. You just got it spaced out nice, and then if you got Heat before a pay-per-view, but then heat, you got to see like a nice undercard match. You knew non-Heat pay-per-views, uh, non-pay-per-view nights for Heat were, were C-minus stuff. And that's kind of how the third hour for Raw gets treated, because I think we've just kind of landed on the point, is that it's too much content. It always has been when there was an hour or two at ECW. That's why TNA used to beat ECW in ratings, because not only was the product bad, people just got sick of the WWE style. That's, so, that just what proves that WWE has become more of a company than a group of people that put out a wrestling product, because... Once you get so big as a company and you continue to make money, you can't scale back just to make the product better. The product's already making more money than it did before, so it doesn't matter anymore. And I've only been saying that the whole time you've known me, but go off. 
You know, go home. Get your it's shit off. It's not like he's trying to prove like some magnificent point because he's right. We <laughs> yeah. all said it in a different yeah. way that it's hard to argue with what they're doing when they're still making fucking yeah. millions and millions of dollars hand over a fucking fist. So like, yeah. it's just harder from a consumer perspective to tolerate a three-hour schlog starting at eight o'clock at night, going to eleven, and it's like, and then they're playing to kids who aren't awake at this point anyway. All right, I think we're so, going to get into more of that uh, later in the show. So You know what okay. You know what uh, WWE needs? Us? What? Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill? Who's That's Jade? the difference maker You right know what there. Jade That's Cargill needs? That's the needle mover. Who's Jade Cargill? Speaking fucking lessons. I don't know who Jade Cargill is. <laughs> yes, You're you the do. one that told me who she was, Melon Farmer. Did I? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Two weeks ago. Yes. Jade Cargill. Who's Jade Cargill? And I quote. Just like, who's the fine sister that looked like she was about to bang Cody Rhodes and then Brandy decided to go all fucking Oh, yeah, like, Jade Cargill. Ah, oh, now yeah. I remember. God damn it, I did. Oh, yeah. I did. I did. Yes, That's now right. it's coming back to you. I did. That's yeah, right. Your accent threw him off, Chris. He thought you said Yade No, Chargill. I didn't. He didn't I just. He didn't even understand <laughs> Because I, I assume that you read my text in my voice, because that's how I do y'all's. <clears throat> and I, I didn't say it quite do like Ann said. Do, but do you ever? Do you ever? Do you ever dream? Do you ever dream in my voice? Do you ever dream in my voice? Like well, it's just my voice in my dreams. Wouldn't that be the weirdest eight, shit? Okay. Wouldn't that be the weirdest shit ever if you were dreaming in one of your friends' voices? Like, all of a sudden, your friends is just narrating your fucking dream while you're sleeping. You're like, oh, my God. What the fuck? Why would anybody Why would anybody other than me be narrating my dream, except for maybe more? Because you're still remembering his first angry lemonade thing where he sent a Canadian. So it's just like, BC Tony here in in, uh, in Chris Platt's dream. There is only one cut of that. There's only one cut of that. So if you think it's less Canadian, you just gotten used to it. (laughs) Now I'm going to dream tonight, and this is going to happen. (laughs) Chair shot. Network. Yep, it's happening. It's uh, happening. I think this is a great time to transition. <laughs> gentlemen let's talk a little bit about what's going on on the other side of the world the tokyo sports awards have been presented and andrew it seems to me that a lot of the major awards may have gone to the more major company and yet some of the more minor awards have may been distributed a little bit evenly uh naito is the tokyo sports awards mvp 
your thoughts on everything that's going on with with the awards um, it, it, over there it, it, in the Pacific Ocean. Okay, so as anybody that listened to last week already knows that I disagree with who the MVP was because New Japan wasn't even active for a hard six months and it took Naito a whole month just to even have a meaningful match because the New Japan Cup happened and then he has a meaningful match against Evil and loses it and then he just had the boyhood dream come true kind of thing with winning it in the baseball stadium that he used to sit at and you know 15 years ago or whatever and watched his Wrestle Kingdom and yada 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 and he had his big Wrestle Kingdom match against Okada and finally got over the hump and finally won the belt at Wrestle Kingdom which was one of his other dreams so this has been Stardust Genius and his dreams come true kind of year for New Japan which is true but it it's hard to really it's hard to not think that it's just a political game since New Japan is the biggest promotion out there the most successful one so they just kind of keep them keep them happy keep them satiated when as I said last week my MVP is Go Shiozaki because as Chris I think brought up when Ray was on here he had that stare down for 30 minutes and they had the whole samurai fight with uh, with Fujita and it's just like that got people to pay attention because it was weird and then he had every match he had his quality which Shiozaki got what uh, outstanding performance which I don't really I guess this is kind of like the equivalent of being offensive player of the year but not MVP in like the NFL which it's kind of an awkward kind of get that you don't get both of them but that's fine I don't like it like I said because I thought he should be MVP because it was quality matches he brought more eyes to the product the only other way I can look at this really is that out of the major awards the MVP went to Naito best bout went to Okada versus Naito at Wrestle Kingdom Women's Pro Wrestling Award went to Julia from Stardom, which is also owned by Bushi Road, which owns New Japan. Fighting Spirit went to Hiromu Takahashi, and he, this is his comeback year after breaking his neck, so he deserves recognition for that. But the other awards, Best Tag Team, went to Takashi Sugiera and Kazushi Sakuraba from NOAA. Outstanding performance to Shiozaki. And Outstanding Skill went to Tetsuya Endo of DDT. So DDT and Noah are both owned by Cyberfight. So essentially all of the big awards went to two big companies, Bushi Road and Cyberfight. So as much as I want to sit here and split hairs over my favorite didn't win the MVP, it's still interesting to look at the fact that the political game is basically... These are the two biggest people. Dragon Gate didn't get to sniff at anything. All Japan didn't get to sniff at anything. You know, Sendai Girls from the Joshi side and Ice Ribbon had a good year, but they didn't really get much more than a couple people on the ballot, but, you know, they didn't win anything. So it's interesting to see the way the, the breakout is. It's kind of like Western fans just only seeing WWE and AEW. So it's like Bushi Road and Cyberfight at the moment. So it's less... It was less distribution after the first major company, which is obviously Bushi Road. It was more, let's give the major awards to the most major company and secondary awards to the secondary company. More or less how it feels, yes. But I mean, to be fair, it, it's not as if there's these huge bodies of work that happened this year in Japan. You know, there wasn't an extensive body of work really for anybody. Not saying that they weren't running shows is it favoritism? But, 
Sorry, I heard bias. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't resist. I don't even know what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I, I'm really sorry. That's I'm going to go grab a beer. I wasn't even listening, but I had to. I apologize. I'll leave now. But, but I, thank you. PC Tunny, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not, you know, they 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 shut down for a little bit. And I'm, I'm not saying that people weren't running shows. I'm just saying the there wasn't large bodies of work with all things being considered. But that being said, what I hear you saying is it doesn't matter on which side of the pond it is wrestling journalism ain't shit and if you agree with that make sure you go to pro wrestling tees forward slash the chair shot and pick up the hashtag journalism shirt you gotta have something for cousin Derek coming home from college thechairshot.com we're not just a website we're a movement but that's what it sounds like like just wrestling journalism overall well journalism overall ain't shit but we ain't talking about journalism overall but rest, especially wrestling journalism Am I am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. That that hit the nail on the head, and it was nice product placement that you were able to throw in there too. So that was that was beautifully done. But um, but yeah. I mean, it's journalism in general, man. You know, people if, if they get access, they'll bury stories, or you know, they they won't say say certain things about certain people because they don't want to lose their access. That's just what journalism is now. What the hell was that? He just showed the fact that your text from like three hours ago just came through to his phone. Ah, uh, ah, uh, the, the six incher. Yeah. Yep. The, yep. The half foot long. Mm-hmm. That that whole thing. But uh, yeah. And I like. It's rough because I think everybody kind of assumed that since the East sees wrestling more as a sport, you you take more of the sports kind of mentality into effect and whoever actually had the best year. And this just, it seems more bias-driven this year than it has in a lot of recent years. Like, sure, Okada's on, like, five years in a row where he won best match. Like, be it if, if it's him with Shibata or him with Omega or him with Tanahashi. It, he, he's been, like, the best wrestler technically for, like, forever. Um, but, you know, Miyahara from All Japan, he had, I think, outstanding performance last year. You had violence giant you know the all japan tag team won it three years in a row and it's just it's interesting that you don't see a little more versatility and that kind of that kind of just it lends to more bad feelings you know what i mean like it makes it a little more heavy-handed in the this is politics there's obviously a bias or whatever playing in and it's a harder pill to swallow, I think, because everything's going to be magnified because it's 2020 and we had nothing better to do but stay in our house. So if you like Japanese wrestling, you were on top of like everything because there was nothing else to do. But I also think that we all as a collective and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm including, you know, in the East into this as well. We all wanted Naito to get the ball so bad for so long and he True. finally got it. So... We want it to work, even though, God bless it, man, it's been a disastrous title run of no, through no fault of his own, obviously. I don't know if he's got cousins in Wuhan. I probably shouldn't have said that. Is it, but... is it though? <laughs> is it though? Is it though? Can I ask a question though? And this may sound really ignorant, and Andrew probably may or may not know the answer to this, but like, to Platt's point, if like he's just so satisfied being where he's at and it's been deemed a disastrous title run. Is it maybe his fault that he's just gone along with everything that's been presented for him as opposed to controlling his... Just being happy to be there, maybe, kind of thing? Instead of 
having more influence on what's going to happen with himself is that not a japanese thing is that more of an american thing i mean i'm I'm asking a bigger question here i guess but it's not his fault that the world shut down for six months Tony. no but you know what what i but but i right i'm okay no, no, that, that's kind of what I took as, as Chris's point, is that it was a disaster not because of Naito, it was a disaster because of everything. And then the fact that Evil's heel turn seemed like, you know, out of nowhere. And, like, they were just grasping at straws right, and that's, that's something to and that's draw my, interest. And that's my point. At that point, was he just happy to, to, you know, that he was the champion and they were getting back to wrestling and just kind of went along with whatever they decided they wanted to do? Do, do the... Do, is there as much influence from the major stars on what's happening in New Japan as opposed to WWE? Because for years we've known that top stars in WWE are, are going to kind of get their way here and there. It depends completely on the person. Let me put it that way. Like, if you listen to what Omega said during his run, he didn't really have much of a say. He was just told, this is your run, this is when you're going to win, this is what you're going to have to do. Naito probably doesn't have as much pool as, say, Okada or Tanahashi, because he doesn't have that much cachet as a wrestler. He's not the the proven talent, the five-star best bout, whatever the hell you want to throw out there. So Naito was probably told, you're going to win, this is going to be your year. Then after the six months off, they probably all sat down and tried to figure it out. Because I feel Evil's turn was going to happen eventually. And Naito put a lot of effort into Evil because he was his first pareja. He was, you know, the number one LIJ member. And he was like he was like the second in command, more or less. So it hurt Naito from a personal level if you look at storyline. I just feel like the story wasn't told correctly and it was rushed and that's why it feels weird to people that don't follow it closely or the language barrier or what whatever excuse you want to throw in there. And then Naito winning it back is what kind of amplified the disaster because it proves that Evil is completely one note as a Bullet Club member and all of his matches are the same and he's boring and he's kind of fucking borderline terrible at the moment because he's just going too into this heel shtick with constant cheating low blows like the same thing happens every goddamn match and it gets boring and it gets predictable and it kind of sucks but that's not Naito's fault that half the roster is quarantined or you know off somewhere else and all he's really got to fight is evil so it it was a business decision and I don't even question ghetto for doing it I mean they took all that time off he had to do something to get New Japan's name back in people's mouths. They had to do something to make a splash and to become relevant again, and that's what they chose. So I don't blame them for that. Again, and I don't blame Naito for this lackluster title run. It's not his fault. It's just situations and circumstances. So I I understand why they did what they did. It was a business decision. I, I know it to wasn't... to be fair, Naito winning at the baseball stadium, did that was headlines. That did pop the, the Poro side of Twitter pretty hard that he won in his favorite place because he's been a baseball mark. And, then you know, the whole thing I've alluded to before with the boyhood dream come true where whatever it was, 15, 20 years ago, he was in the stands watching, you know, the January 4th show and rooting on everybody. And now he got to finally live his dream just like he did at Wrestle Kingdom. So they, they salvaged a nice story. And I think that's what resonates more with certain fans. Like Chris has said multiple times that, you know, 
you, he ranks Rey Mysterio's whole story higher this year because it's relatable. It's it's something you can sink your teeth into. It's family. It's yada yada yada. And I think yeah, my nineteen-year-old daughter's going out with a thirty-three-year-old guy. <laughs> Chris, do you want to fend yourself on that one? Because I'm I'm just going with what I remember you brought up. Because I know you put the whole Mysterio thing much higher than most people would. He's just mad. He ain't pulling nineteen-year-old tail. Don't hate on Murphy. I mean, that's true. <laughs> Don't hate on Murphy. And I Tony's get got it. nothing. <laughs> it's been many a year yeah. since I had someone that was 19. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Same. Sigh. Sigh. Yes, I. <laughs> Maybe you don't listen to this at week, Amber. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but no. So, yeah. So, anyway, just to dial back, I don't agree with MVP, but... You look at the power play of everything. It's it's DDT Noah, and and Bushi Road with Stardom and New Japan. So it should be interesting next year, especially last last week we talked about Noah running Budokan with Mudo and Shiozaki. So if Noah can turn that into a boon and can turn that into something, maybe next year we see New Japan on the hot seat a little more and having to try a little harder to keep their top slot and. If they lose something, I guess that's going to be interesting to see if New Japan doesn't get MVP or doesn't get best bout, who does, and what's that going to mean for the landscape of Japanese wrestling in the next couple years. And uh, again, man, just to reiterate, it's hard for me to really blame them just because of what a clusterfuck this year has been for everybody. Andrew, I understand what you're saying. You expect their publications to be more reputable because, I mean, hell, they they cover pro wrestling in the newspapers over there for Christ's sake. So I understand where you're coming from. But all things being considered, I don't mind giving them a mulligan. I can't be mad at that. <laughs> I mean, speaking can't be of mad at anything, Zach Galifianakis. I, I feel like we're coming to the end of this topic. And that, and speaking of what's <laughs> happening in New Japan, I just want to let everybody know what's happening right here on pot is war next week's going to be the christmas episode and then the week after that it's very apropos because not only is it our end of the year but we're going to preview wrestle kingdom that week so we got two big weeks coming up here right here on pot is war always on the chairshot.com we'll be right back with another topic just for y'all the chairshot.com always use your head this is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com Thechairshot.com, always use your head Gentlemen, we have a main event for the upcoming Impact pay-per-view And it's going to be the Motor City Machine Guns teaming up with Rich Swan, Taking on the Good Brothers and AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Kenny Omega, our very own, and, and possibly the nation's best impact reporter, is right here at thechairshot.com. The man loves what he does with impact. He does nation's a great... Nation's only. <laughs> no, come on. Don't be like that. I mean... So he is the best. Honestly. He's the only, yes. It's the way I, it's the way I keep up with it. Honestly, I, I've... I, I read Andrew's stuff, and he does a great job. If you, the more you read it, the better it gets, folks. It's it's kind of like a morning radio show, and I mean this in the biggest compliment. 
the more you get to know Andrew, the more enjoyable the things he writes are. And he, he does a phenomenal job, um, like his brother's nickname, Phenomenal. So, Andrew, start us off here with this. It's a family thing. What can yes, I say? start us <laughs> off with here and, and what, your thoughts. infringement? on the continuing Whoa. collaboration. What's my gimmick infringement? Aaron Rodgers or CM Punk? What are you aiming for here? Between <laughs> no, no, AEW no. and Impact Wrestling. The, the the phenomenal AJ Belaz, that's not gimmick infringement? I mean, his name's been AJ for a long time before he knew AJ Styles existed, so I just happened to work was, himself. What, what, was he phenomenal 20 years ago? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm the older brother, so that's, I can't put him that, over that much. That, that's like, not fair because you don't think he's phenomenal now. Yes, come on brother. in. That's Welcome to the Chair Shot Horror House. In this corner, we have Andrew Belaz butt-chugging, and in this corner, we have Christopher Platt shitting on AJ Belaz. Phenomenally, I might add. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm just saying, you never heard another Mr. Velvet Pipes, did you? Or have you? I don't know. I haven't met your family members. You don't let us. <laughs> <laughs> But it only was with Velvet Pipes are dead, so I'm the last weekend. It's, it's like it's like Dickie. He's like, it's my territory. Get out of here. <laughs> it's they're territorialized. Oh, so one of them anyway, stuck in Iceland. So we, we we finally we finally get a little bit of a payoff to the the bullshit that Omega started last week that we kind of talked about when Ray was here, and. Rich Swan started kind of poking at Carl Anderson at Kenny Omega and the guns took up for Swan and Impact and it was nice and sadly in the, in the greater scope of things I don't think anybody really gives a fuck about Rich Swan fighting for respect or fighting for the brand and it's more that just a lot of the IWC is just happy to see Kenny Omega doing things because he's everybody's favorite princess right now so, I mean, it's cool that he got involved. It's cool that the Good Brothers are doing something with him because it's going to probably be a good match. Like, all six of those guys are good workers. Like, as much as I dislike Omega's, like, over-the-top fucking jazz hands and bullshit and yada, 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 and, like, otaku gimmick infringement Japanese anime bullshit... Keep your jazz hands off my TV screen. Yeah. <laughs> At least when he's with the people that know how to work with it, it works all right. So it'll be a fun match. It'll probably pop the biggest number for a pay-per-view that Impact's had in a long time. And it adds to the buzz on if, you know, the Good Brothers might show up on AEW just to kind of do something. Or maybe the guns that show up on AEW to jump somebody. or It's... It's not bad. It's good for Impact. It's good enough, I suppose, for AEW, even though I hate AEW's input, because the Tonys did another fucking, fucking commercial, and it was fucking terrible. And Shivani was the only good part. The only good part. Because he said something along the lines of, you know, Impact Wrestling coming to you from cable access TV. <laughs> and he's like, afterwards is like the the, uh, the community, like the, the Chamber of Commerce or something like that meeting or some, some shit like whatever it fucking was. It was like, it was just good. And I'm like, wow, okay. So he basically said you're on PBS. That's fantastic. And Tony Khan is still such a fucking dork. And I'm like, I, I keep telling you, man, that's the point. You are supposed to be annoyed with Tony Khan. That is the point. But why? 
Is he on television already? To be fair, if I bought a wrestling company, I would have been on television from day one. Granted, I'm more entertaining, but still. Yeah, you're also more entertaining, yes. Yeah, to be fair. You look like a nerd talking about injunctions. And here's, here's my favorite line. When he goes along the lines of, I don't have to pay for the advertising. This is free advertising, but I paid for this ad. Does he not know what paying means? Is he that rich that the concept of payment and money make no sense to him? That he feels like because he's doing this of his own volition and not actually paying advertisers, it's somehow a different wallet? Hey, man, oil money is a different type of rich, man. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Just keep digging and we'll keep spinning. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not touching that one. So you want to go with your thoughts on it at the moment? It's probably best you... It's, fuck it's, oil it, <laughs> it's probably best that you don't touch that one, man, because there's nothing that you could say that wouldn't get you canceled. So no. shout out to you for showing some restraint. You must not be uh, hammer jet. I haven't seen the bottle of yak, so you must not be hammer jet. So good for you. Nice yeah, way. Yeah, I've yeah, just yeah, been mixing my, my jack with my Coke in a, in a ah. nice glass. So. Oh, so- you're mixing now. We're not just drinking straight out of the bottle like a Neanderthal. We started earlier, so I wasn't sure how this was going to go, okay? Shit. <laughs> now, do you have any thoughts about the AEW Impact stuff? So, last week, I-, I mentioned that I was hoping that Rich Homie Swan would get some kind of rub off of this. It appears that he is. I don't know how... How can I put this? I don't know how lubricated the AEW rub is going to be for Rich, but they're trying. It's champion versus champion. That that means something. What? I have no idea, but it means something. Wouldn't it mean more to get Rich Swan over in some way? I mean, like, Kenny Omega's still going to have the AEW title no matter what and be Kenny Omega. I mean, it just seems like it would be so progressive and good for the wrestling business if AEW just went along from company to company and did them gigantic favors. Does that not make sense? I mean, to me, it makes total sense in the wrestling world with what's going on, considering they're all going up against WWE, especially here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense, but... but... Kenny Omega's the best wrestler in the world. Let me get my asthma pump. That's the problem. (laughs) I mean, the the best out I can see for this is the fact that Rich Swan is going to pin one of the good brothers. And that's also going to somehow... Most likely Anderson is the fall guy. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it could could be Gallows because Gallows is also off the injury kayfabe. So they could always play that up that maybe they go after the bad leg or the bad whatever, depending on how they want to play this story. But and that will also give the Motor City Machine Guns like more legitimacy to their rematch, even though they have a rematch from Bound for Glory that they haven't cashed in yet because Shelly got hurt. So it's it's fine. It's fine. And I like the fact if Rich gets the rub, then you might see more physical involvement from AEW talent. So I'm going to write it's that down. It's good for impact. It's not going to make it. It's not going to make it, but I'm going to write it down because it's worth writing down. Because I enjoy alliteration. Good. Rich gets the rub. <laughs> but uh, it's good for impact because impact's numbers because uh, I, I watched it on impact, uh, not impact, on Twitch. 
uh, this this year this week, and um, they were hard like hovering hovering around like twelve thirteen thousand most of the time, and that was more than just when Melissa was on. So that's nice. <laughs> that's also a nice tie right there because Melissa Santos is still the kind of host of the Twitch Impact. When there's supposed to be commercial, she just pops on and talks to the chat room. And we all know that she's Brian Cage's wife. So the fact that there's AEW Impact Harmony, that means that there's Harmony in the household instead of possibly Impact losing Melissa at some point. Tony, look like you want to say something. What if this is more of a test run for TNT than AEW to see if they want to employ another night of wrestling on their programming and bring Impact over to TNT somewhere? I mean, look at the viewership they did. I mean, I even watched the first episode that Kenny Omega was on. I mean, that, that, that's significant. That's impressive because, you know, as much as Ray likes to say he's anti-impact, you're pretty anti-impact. You you, I think you and Ray should have a fight to see who's more no, anti-impact. No, no. They're, I'm, they're, I'm no, wondering about it's, it's opposite. They're tag teams. They're no, tag team. Not, okay, right. okay. Yeah, it's for a kayfabe tag team. impact players, yes. that's what it is? That's fine. If that's what it is. <laughs> If that's what it takes, yes, we're a kayfabe tag team. But Ray's hatred is real. Mine is pull back the curtains, more kayfabe. So, you know, I, I, it's just interesting to me. I, it, that would be the first one up to be next to be on cable. That's the next step up for, from, for everybody else besides WWE and AEW. I don't hate it. Number one, you're you're a shoot tag team. I don't hate the idea either. I think it's a good idea. But yo, AEW. I will drive to Atlanta right now. I can drive in the snow, motherfucker. Uh, And (laughs) I'll take you to Magic City, man. We'll have a great time. But AEW, lemon pepper wings. Forget why you came. Lemon pepper wings. Can we plan it? Can we plan it on a Houston Rockets hiatus so James Harden will be in town? (laughs) Okay, I'll tweet him and see what he says because you know we all know each other. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that that's exactly what I meant. So get on it. Yes, exactly what I meant. So get on it. Of course, that's not what you meant, man. You know I'm fucking with. Well, you. I know, I love you. But AEW, I I love your idea. But how about we consistently hit a million viewers every week for six months consecutively? Before we start putting more wrestling or trying to, you know, trying to forecast more wrestling on TNT, because as frankly, as of right now, if you put impact on TNT, those fucking Rizzolian Isles reruns would get more viewers. Y'all don't even wow. remember this show, do you? No, I, I do. do I, do. I hated Kira that show. Cedric. I do. The closer no, with Kira Cedric. Yeah, closer with Kira Cedric. Oh, Kira Rizzoli Cedric. Isles took Kira... the took Kate from NCIS, and that's why I was upset because I liked her. Kira Cedric has Zima. a new sitcom coming out on network television, though. Google it. I'm not sure what it's called <laughs> or what network it's on. <laughs> so, uh, set, j- just to go back well, to what you said stuff. before, to also just kind of slightly informative the, uh, radio, thing. Chris. Chris, since all y'all know each other. How did Chris Bay like his match against Rich Swan? And you can give me your opinion too, because <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure Andrew can get away with it, but I can't. That's fine. Whatever. That Whatever. was a good segue, and I've, no one can tell me differently. I've known you longer. <laughs> I've known you longer. That's crap on a Chris. stick. <laughs> the problem is he's alt right, Andy. So that's his character. <laughs> 
juked up a you, Understood. you tried a couple I feel better. No, 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 no. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you expect more out of me, and I appreciate that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I like setting the bar low. I'm okay with that. Because, you know, I, I think Twitter said something along the lines of that was the first, you know, two African-American champion and challenger in a long time since what? Rock and Booker? I'm trying to think. Was it like Rock and Booker, I'm, I'm, I think, was the last time? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Kofi didn't fight. No, Kofi didn't wrestle oh. any black people. Uh-huh. I guess that's about it. Like, I'm, I'm acting oh. like it's this long, extensive Mark list. Mark Henry shit, didn't you know want to count that. I, I don't really think Mark yeah. Henry was in the... No, Mark, Mark Henry's title Mark, reign definitely counts, but I don't think he mess, wrestled any, anybody that was No, black, especially not on a pay-per-view. No, not when he was champion. I think you're right. Goddamn. So, full disclosure. It's I didn't too bad any, to somebody from the Hurt Business isn't world champion. They'd be wrestling someone black every fucking week. <laughs> They'd be pulling black folks off the streets. Like, hey, look at this guy. Hey, man, you want to be a wrestler? I'm 5'6", 150 pounds. Who cares? Come on. One day one day they went to Wyoming, sure. and they just pulled in this guy that was really tan because there was no black people anywhere. <laughs> hey, man, next year. It's okay. <laughs> next year, man, when we have our annual TLC table talk, 2020, Bobby Lashley, Leon Ruff, Universal title. Book it. Uh, <laughs> he's going to die unless he gains 50 pounds and three inches. <laughs> I kid, I kid. But I, I I didn't get an opportunity to watch the pay-per-view. How was the match? Because, you know, I'm a – well, you know I like both of these guys for obvious reasons, but I'm, I'm super high on Chris Bay. I think he's got a huge upside if he can put a little bit of weight on as well. I agree with you completely. It was a damn good match. Like, anything you can do, I could do better at the beginning because – Everybody was commentary was trying to draw parallels between the fact that they came up in similar areas, their styles are similar, yada yada yada. So it worked out nicely. I'm gonna stop it there. At all, and I'm not talking about roads, folks. Go ahead. I know, but yeah. So it it was good because there was a lot of counter wrestling, a lot of like you know flip outs of Hurricane Ranas and flip outs of moves and. It was an X Division Junior style cruiserweight style match, whatever you want to call it, and it made Bay look really fucking good. Like Bay got caught going towards like a finisher, and that's only because Rich is the champion, so he had a he had one trick up his sleeve, basically left kind of thing, and it was it was good. Bay looked like a million fucking bucks. Like it was fantastic. Nice, nice. And I'm just gonna throw this out there to the universe. By the way, this is a, a old chair shot callback. And I hope y'all pop for it. Iceman King Parsons. Start doing some sit-ups, baby. Get on the treadmill. The Hurt Business is running out of black people to beat up, man. It might be your time, finally. That was like the first couple episodes, I think. We haven't talked about Iceman in a long fucking time. Oh, shit. (laughs) Bringing it back. I appreciate it. Yes. I, will, I will cheers Yes, that. that's good. All right. And apropos so hope, finish. Hopefully H helps in bringing back Impact like you brought back, you know, Iceman King Parsons. And uh, <laughs> even though we got Genesis the week before Hard to Kill, which I'm not really sure how I like a special the week before a pay-per-view. Are, are, they, all... are these wrestling cards or Steven Seagal movies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But, 
That's the answer. At least the specials are usually taped in advance. So at least there's no real big risk of injury ruining the uh, the pay-per-view card. So it should be interesting. Next couple weeks should be quiet from Impact because they usually do holiday clip shows for the last couple weeks. So unless they change up their formula that they've done for like the last four or five years, we're just going to get a highlight reel. So Impact's going to be quiet till 2021, but things are looking bright. Uh, b- before we move on, just real quick, how how my gal do? Because I know uh, her and uh, Kira, they were wrestling, what was it, Taya and uh, Rosemary? M- M- they won. I- nice. So they advanced in the tourney. They did. And yeah, nice. Kira, Kira and Sasha looked pretty damn good, but they won because of bullshit. Because Deanna and Kimberly came out to beat the shit out of Rosemary, which distracted Taya. So they got the heel win, which makes them look a little weaker, depending on who they go against. But they got to the finals. They're going to get that match on the on Hard to Kill. So that's what matters. And their money. Like, Kira is fantastic. She's a great talker. She's gorgeous. Taya's gorgeous. I mean, Tasha's gorgeous. Taya's gorgeous, too. But too many T's. But, yeah, they're, they're all beautiful. They're, they're great wrestlers. Like... I don't, I don't really love the Cardi B shit that Tasha does because I don't like Cardi B much myself, but it works. It works for her. And she's she's a lot more jacked than I thought she was. Like Yeah, she is. Things, like, she's fucking cut. Like, some of the clips and shit like that. Like, oh, damn. Okay. And she's still figuring it out because she's still young. This isn't the okay. last iteration of her. She's She'll she'll get there if she just keeps she'll growing and, and working on the craft. 23 or 24. Like, she's yeah. still... They're both super young. Yeah. So... We've got at least another decade of them, which but I'm looking forward to. And it's funny, man, because Impact, is, is there's a lot of color on Impact. There's a lot of color on WWE, especially towards the top of the cards. And the yeah. way gets color is a Cody Rhodes match. Hey! Wow. I think that's, that's better than what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's going to do it for this segment. I mean, that, that was... This is such good shit. We'll be right back. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc promotional consideration paid for by the following hey folks pc tony here thanks to our new partnership with angry lemonade you can save 10 percent on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chairshot head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot, get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Hold on, I'll play it for you again. You want to you want to go to topic four? Or you got a question for me? That's fine. You can ask a question. That was a commercial. That was a series of commercials that was given. Are you okay with Thank that? You. Well, what do you Captain want me to be? Well, <laughs> no. Topic four. I don't really have I don't have anything else to explain about it. Did you not enjoy it or was it bad or We're done here. Go go support the product because it makes us money and money is good. And go to ProWrestlingTees.com for slash the that. What the fuck, man? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? What are you talking about? What's wrong with me? You see, we started off really with that high bar. I told you it was just downhill from there. And this is where we kind of start hitting rock bottom. This is going to get fun. Well, who asked you? Northern exposure? Yeah. The worst thing you can do is antagonize anybody that's fighting with each other. They're just going to turn around and team up on you. I like antagonizing people. It's fun. Let me tell you a story about that. So, uh, my no, se- really, my senior, you want to tell a story about that? My senior year. This of is bas- why you don't stick your dick in the mashed potatoes. My senior year of high school basketball, we're heading down the end of the half, and the point guard passes me the ball just over half court, and I can see I can take two dribbles and get a good fifteen foot jump shot before the buzzer goes off, uh, wide open on the elbow on the left side of the court. Well, mm-hmm. our shooting guard who was wide open on the other side for three who's second team all conference and one of my good friends and we also played baseball together uh was wide open so i did exactly what i described and i missed and the buzzer sounded and as we headed downstairs to where our locker room was from the court we started yelling at each other and he said what the fuck i was open why didn't you pass me the ball and i said why do you have to take every motherfucking shot? And behind us came our all-conference MVP, you know, uh, state all-team center and grabbed us both by the back of the neck and said, <laughs> what the fuck? And we both turned around as if we were not even arguing the entire time and looked at him and said, do you want to get your ass kicked by us or what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad that you two came together and yelling at me for interrupting your fight. Shit. Save it for a topic. That's the concept of the show. (laughs) Well, much like Dippin' Dots, JR had some comments about something else. You know, stay away (laughs) from the Dippin' Dots. But 
Chris, this is something that piqued your interest. I I would love if you would just lead this conversation here. All right, so Jim Ross got a lot of people in AEW's panties in the bunch this past week because he made some comments on his podcast, Grilling JR. And if you guys don't mind, I'd actually like to read the contents. I have them pulled up. This is courtesy of UB-COM. Do you want background music or no? You just want to do it acapella? No, I don't need background music, man. I don't even know what the hell website I just put out there, man, but... Journalistic integrity, yeah, or whatever the you fuck I am. Hey, Lois, you know when I knew it was Christmas is when Pornhub had a wreath on the O. Cool. So, so this is what Jr. said regarding the current state of wrestling, particularly in his promotion. Well, not his promotion, but the promotion that he works for. And I quote, and I'm going to read this. uh, Shoot, man, I'm not going to be funny with this because I I really want to talk about this topic. I think it's hilarious. That evolution of the business is bullshit. Yes, they should be protected. Talking about finishers. The DDT is a finish. The super kick is just part of the flow of the match now. Nobody wins with it. What does that say to you? Does that say guys back in the day were more proficient in delivering a DDT or a super kick than this generation? where, in quotation marks, because I'm thinking he's doing the air quotes, things are evolving? I want some proof on that shit. He continues, I want somebody to prove to me that the changing of the wrestling business is what it is today, and it's making a difference. I say no. I told a kid the other day at AEW that everybody does the same fucking spot. All you guys go outside. You cluster up like coils. You stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together, side by side so you can catch some leaping idiot going over the top whoever who never hold on so you can catch some leaping idiot going over the top who never wins with this move they're looking for the holy shit chant they love to hear this is awesome it's a spot folks it's a trapeze act I don't buy into that the DDT is a great finish and should be used as such so moving right along What's his name? Brandon Cutler. Did I say his name correctly? So, yeah, so Brandon Cutler, he he felt a little butthurt about this whole situation, and he also made some comments on Twitter in response to what Jay-Z said. I know I called Jim Ross (laughs) Jay-Z. Jay-Z, that's fantastic. Keep talking about that. I was trying to buy myself some time so I could pull up Brandon Cutler's shit. Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. You need more people. I can play a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. What do you want? I mean, you know, JR does come from the school of hard knocks. He's he's a boomer sooner. Also, I do want to make it clear that in the quote, it's huddled up like quail. The bird, not quail. Ooh. Okay, well the the quote well, I read said quail, so I, no, 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 I'm 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 aware what because there there's been some misquoting about that, but I'm just making sure we're clear that the, he's talking about the birds, because you know Jr. being the good old Southern boy that he is, he he knows how to hunt some quail, probably some duck, probably some deer. Well, quail is one oh, of some the other two, things too. Quail is one of the two birds I that fell from the tail. sky while the Israelites, you know, traveled the desert for. And yes, years. quail and tail, because you know that's manna. why he likes Anna no, Jay so much. Chris, you're right. It's quail and manna that fell for the Israelites. 
So Brandon Cutler, as of this post, he was going to be in a seven-on-seven match on AEW Dynamite this evening. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, full disclosure, we're recording this on a Wednesday evening. Uh, AEW and NXT, they're just now getting ready to start. No, It was promoted on Impact, too, so it's probably still happening. So, okay, so this is what's going on, and this was Brandon Cutler's response to what Jay-Z said. I I know I called him Jay-Z. Fuck you. Anywho. (laughs) Seven verse seven. We're gonna go outside, cluster up like coils, stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together, side by side to catch some leaping idiot going over the top. Can't wait. Eight PM TNT. So obviously, and I heard you guys talking about this in my headphones in our pre-production meeting. And Andrew, you brought up the fact that the only reason this guy has a job is because he's cool with the Bucks. They go back like spinal mm-hmm. cords and car seats. Correct. So you do. So you understand what's happening here, right? He is speaking for the Bucks. Exactly. Yes. Correct the mundo. He is the Lorax. He speaks for the trees because the trees are EVPs and they can't say shit to JR. <laughs> yeah, but why can't the maples just be happy in their shade? You know what I'm saying? Because the maple leaves haven't won shit since the seventies. Fuck the maple leaves. <laughs> I'll don't make me play fucking rush. I'll do it. I have nothing oh, against wow. Rush. Oh. Getty Lee's a motherfucking legend. Like, come on, give 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 two one one two. Like, come come on. So some, apparently, some so apparently, according to Cage Side Seats, doom 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 doom. Oh, you want? Oh, you want breaking news? Sorry. No, no, we don't or, need it, man. Or a Rush song, because you, oh, you, you know you're going to play the Rush song. So just play the Rush song as the lead-in to what Chris is about to say, because I know you want to play something. All I right. know you got some Tom Sawyer or some, uh, what the fuck is that, Big Money? Is that one of their, their bigger songs? And, you know, we'll go there's with a this bunch one. of shit. I'm, we'll go I'm with this one. thinking about it at all the right, moment. All right, you got a minute and a half to do whatever you want. You got to see this. I won't play the whole minute and a half. Go ahead. So apparently he this is breaking me. news. No, he challenged to... me. God want... damn it. Nobody challenged you. He challenged me. Listen, Who's he? Andrew. That son of a bitch. Oh. Fucking butt chugger. I knew he was going to play it, so I was trying to get it out of the way. Chris. No. Chris, I got you. I got you. Give it a second. I got you. I know this is important. Working on it. I don't need it. You got it. Go ahead. Come on. It really wasn't that important. I well, it better be now. But according to Cage Side Seeds, Brandon Cutler has actually been pulled from his seven on seven tag match that he was supposed to participate in this evening on AEW Dynamite. 
Oh no, what other jabroni did they get to fill in his spot? Because, you know, he's so fucking valuable being like 0 27 or fucking like that. What, what, who? I wish I had did they get Peter there. Avalon to fill him out? Can I just say, you're going pre- to appreciate this interruption. I wish right now, if you had said that, Brandon Cutler had been pulled. I had the music they used to play at Night at the Apollo when the guy would come out with the big hook. <laughs> <laughs> Or just like Woody from Toy Story and just like, there's a snake in my boot. Like they pulled a string. <laughs> yeah, Sam, Sam Man Trump's Woody. I got to go with Tony on this one. I don't know but, that works. Okay. But, but, and also, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up that there was some anonymous source out of AEW that basically were kind of seconding Brandon Cutler's comments, talking about how they don't like how Jim Ross buries them in public. So. Maybe they I think suck less. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's a thousand percent correct, man. And yes, uh, that that's one of the best things I like about AEW is old curmudgeon as Jim Ross on there burying them while the show was going on. Like that's hilarious to me on that I on love, that Jenny Glover, I'm too old for this shit, lethal weapon side of the game. I love every announcer not named Excalibur because none of them put the product over. As starts talking about other shit. Like, some dude thinking he's, like, the Ivy League fucking whatever the fuck it was, and he went, like, he went to, didn't even go to an Ivy League school. Like, you got JR doing his own thing. Shivani just tries to save it, and pop people was saying it's Sting or doing his thing. Excalibur tries to be the mark, but Excalibur's terrible. Like, it's just, ah. The comedy is one of those fucked up things. Commentary is one of the highlights of AEW, and I love how the IWC shits on commentary like it's bad well it's bad because the product is bad and commentary is telling you that you just don't want to accept the reality that's your problem that's not commentary's problem Tony's just happy to be there and making a shit ton of money doing so you know what I mean yeah the Braves had a shortened season, so that's why or whoever the fuck is it, is it Georgia or the Braves that he fucking announced for which one is it I think it's George I don't think he's with the Braves anymore I think it's okay. just Georgia football Okay. But yeah. But yeah. Cut- Cutler's an asshole, but you know he was just saying shit that the Young Bucks wanted to. So if they did pull him, they pulled him just to save face because that's the correct thing to do. Because you don't take shots at the king, so to speak, because JR is the most respected person they have on their entire fucking roster. So, ah, like, I don't know. If, if Cutler had to be the fall guy, he had to be the fall guy. But nothing JR said was wrong. Like, all these dive spots, all these DDTs, these super kicks, these code reds or Yoshitonics, whatever you want to call it, these fucking Canadian destroyers, they mean nothing. It's fucking ridiculous. If I drop you on your fucking head, you're done. Like, there shouldn't be kicking out and then wrestling for another 15 minutes. Like, it makes no fucking sense. And to be fair, man, I can empathize with JR on this because I know what it's like to try to tell somebody something that's going to benefit them. You're trying to pull their code and give them a little bit of game, and they just totally ignore you. It pisses you off. It really does. It pisses you off. And you can only say it so many times before you just say, fuck it. But I'm, 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 yeah, but I'm, buddy, I'm pissed. I'm pissed buddy, now. Do you want to tell us who actually agreed with JR? Because you, you dropped that nugget pre-show. And I can't wrap my skull around what the fuck he was saying unless he's just kissing ass. Go on. Oh, well, I, I didn't read it, so I'm, I'm basing this off of what you saw. But you said Darby Allen agreed oh. with what you said? 
Like, is that true? Mr. Throw me in a body bag and toss me like a fucking retard? Like, Darby Allen thinks there's too many dive spots and somehow, like, things don't matter in wrestling? Like, did Cody finally get to him? Or did Cody tell him, no, JR is right, don't be a dickhead, and, like, pat him on the head and be like, do, do the good boy thing? Like, is he a puppy, or what is it? Like, what's the situation here? I, I totally misread that. I thought you were talking about Jim Cornette. My bad. Tony. Oh, no, I love the fact that Cornette just agreed with it. And it's it's funny how JR says shit that Cornette's been saying since inception of AEW. And it people act like it's news. Like, uh, what the fuck? Tony. Cornette doesn't say shit just to say shit. Like, you may not like the way he says it sometimes, but I, lo- I love what? the Cornette quote that he brought up of Ole Anderson where Ole told him you may not like what I say but you're gonna fucking learn something if you listen and that's the same thing with Cornette you don't have to agree but if you shut the fuck up and listen you'll learn something one empathizes by the way yes Tony I'm throwing shade but go on go on what go on oh fuck no go ahead fuck Jim Cornette fuck Jim Cornette there you go there we go he got it in Good job, buddy. Hold on, I'm ready so, now. Hold okay. on, now I'm ready. Fuck Jim Cornette, motherfucking Jim Cornette. There you go. <laughs> so, according to, oh my God, I don't even know if you're a man or a woman. Just forgive me, because I'm about to totally fuck up your name, and it's not personal. But according to Raiju Das Gupta of <laughs> WrestleKita. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> No, I don't. And it's not. It's not. That it's not. Like it's something got taken okay. off the menu of like an Indian place. That's funny. No, 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 no. Can I can I explain my old boy? Can I explain my old boys there? I I just want to explain my old boys. That that's a that could be the fourth title of this show. I I just want to explain my old boys. Can um, I explain my old boys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it wasn't for your pronunciation of a clearly uh, sounding. Uh, Indian name, and and I probably wouldn't have done any better, but it's the fact that what by who? Did I say that wrong as well? No, no, I don't think I, I didn't. Oh. I, I just said we probably both would. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I, we both would have. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking about the website. Did I say Sports Kita incorrectly? I think I think you said Wrestle Kita, but that's not the point. Oh. oh. But Sportskita, yeah, Sportskita is not very uh, touted for being uh, decent content. So now I'm really interested to see what the fuck you're going to say is from Sportskita. So my main man, Raiju, actually uh, conducted a <laughs> right conversation, interview. Right back did. into it. Another title, my main man, Raiju. And I'll spell it out phonetically, too. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> He conducted an interview with Arby Allen. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man, this is going off the rails. This sounds like a guy from Street Fighter, Raiju, went into Arby's and asked for a fucking beefsteak, and that was it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the meat. We got the spots. In a duffel bag and throw it over the ring. It's going to be fantastic. You can eat whatever doesn't fall out. That's Arby's right there. <laughs> so, and I'm. Raiju Wrestling Federation. We got the spots. So, according to my main man, Raiju, he asked 
Darby Allen the following, and I quote, So, Jim Ross recently made some comments about certain acrobatic spots, and I would like to know your thoughts on it. Darby Allen, the vocacious, elegant wordsmith that he is, I love Jim Ross, and I agree with him. Can I just be first to say that it's hilarious <laughs> that back to what I I, I, I just no 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 hey, listen let's let's take this in a different direction sure let's take this in a different light come on shine it for me buddy I am and you're going to be surprised at it less than a week after Vince sends multiple superstars back to NXT to train Jim Ross criticizes AEW roster you tell me you tell me why Vince isn't in charge of every motherfucking wrestling ring in the goddamn world. I mean, I know that that's not true, but I mean, come on. Look at look at look at how that look at how that water falls. I, Chris, I think you understand what I'm saying. Andrew, I think you're I think you think I'm fucking crazy. No, I think I get what you're saying because JR was Vince's right-hand man for a long time. So Vince sees something wrong with the current content. JR is going to see something wrong with the current content. And they're going to bring it up in their own special way. Vince being the owner and the big boss man gets to say, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you go down to the PC. JR gets to just bring it up on his podcast because he's nothing but lowly commentator number two, but he makes the same point. And I I think that's what you're getting at, that they've both been around the wrestling business for 40, 50 years, whatever the fuck it is. So they obviously know what the fuck they're talking about, which argumentatively we can say the same thing about Cornette but everybody loves to dismiss his opinion as just conjecture and bullshit and him living in the past and not knowing anything but let's I get don't to, mean you let's get your I understand I, I get it kayfabe. I'm just looking I, at the point IWC perspective but much like the Beer City Bruiser Christopher Platt believes in conspiracy theories and things that are going on supernaturally and things are always connected right I mean, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way because I believe things are connected. But Chris, you gotta, you can't, you can't deny the fact that I mean, whether it's Law and Order, NYPD Blue, or whatever the fuck you're watching, there are no coincidences. It is literally less than a week later than Vince did almost the same thing, and Jr. follows up with it. I mean, whether good or bad, right or wrong, WWE is still the biggest game in town. So when they sneeze the rest of the industry catches a cold. Vince is also an old man suffering with a degenerate brain functioning, and I'm the only person that has the balls to actually say it. So you're saying my brain is dysfunctioning because he listens to this show? I mean, Vince... No, it's not the reason your brain is dysfunctioning. Are you sure he's more dysfunctional than he used to be, or is he just less eloquent? Are you talking about me or Vince? L- Both, yes. Well, Look at little ties, man. So we know you're less eloquent. But I'm just, Chris, ser- like legit, straight up. Is he really losing it, or is he just less eloquent than he used to be because he can't pull off the juiced up strapping, like, you know, Mr. McMahon who's still bulging and looking like he, you know, he can go with most wrestlers because he's like 75 now or some shit like that. I mean, I, I know I just said what I said, trying to be an asshole and trying to be funny, and it yeah. came across dickish. Like, that, that that's just, that's kayfabe, man. That's yeah, just giving... I'm throwing a question at you, because I get but, it's kayfabe. But, you know... Yeah, but I, I say this on, honestly. I'll get right into right there. But I, I'm saying this 
most earnestly and most honestly, man, because I love Vince McMahon. For the past 30 years of my life, Vince McMahon has provided me some of the greatest entertainment moments that I've seen in my life. I respect everything he's done. I respect the empire that he's built. And I respect the fact that he's he can, at this point in time, he can jump into a, a, a pool full of gold coins and swim out like Scrooge fucking McDuck. I respect everything about that man. But the eyes never lie, Chico. The eyes are the window to the soul. I'm not talking about because he's getting older and he's more frail and he's not as jacked as he used to be or the fact that he still dyes his hair. Like, he's got a head full of brown hair and his son that's like 30 years his junior has a head full of gray hair. I'm not talking about any of that. That's vanity shit. Next time you see Vince McMahon, look in his eyes, man. The eyes do not lie. And I'm not saying this with, obviously, I don't have any insider knowledge whatsoever. Obviously, I don't. Hell, don't nobody even like me. I don't have any insider knowledge. <laughs> but look in his eyes, man. The eyes do not lie. And you can't tell me if you look in his eyes. We'll table this conversation. But next time he's on television or you see him, look. I'm, t I'm, I'm being dead ass. Look directly into his eyes. And if you can't tell that the light is on but ain't nobody home, I'll cash app you a dollar. Like I and I'm again, man. I, I got to reiterate, and I know Tony got on me about this last night, but I just want to people to understand. I'm not saying this trying to be funny. I'm not making fun of that. Hell, my my hundred year old grandmother, man, rest her soul. She suffers with Alzheimer's, so I'm not making fun of any of that, man. That shit's fucked up. Amber's great grandmother, man, she suffers with. I'm not making fun of any of that. I'm just saying, look in that man's eyes. He's not all there anymore. I get what you're saying. And, you know, maybe Vince McMahon is taking a, a line out of Tom Bodet and he's leaving the light on, but nobody's home. But, at the same respect, it's he still puts together some interesting shit when he does actually cut a promo. Oh, yeah, like, every now and again, he can still... The no, old man no, can still... No. Like the uh, the Taker thing, he still out. put it together. The Taker yeah. thing, he put it together. The Triple well, H thing for the 25th anniversary, that was funny. Like, that that was actually good humor. Like, even though people were like, wow, that was weird. That was fucking funny that he's just... He rambled a little bit and then shut the lights off. Like, that's not necessarily not home. That could just be a tired motherfucker. Like, he looks tired to me. And if you heard any stories from kayfabe commentaries or a video or anybody that's done anything with fucking Pritchard or anybody from the old school. The man never sleeps. The man used to eat, sleep, drink, live WWF, WWE 25-8, if you get what I'm saying. So I think homie's just tired as fuck, and he can't do it, but he wants to do it. And it comes off more to me to the old man that doesn't want to admit he's old. So he's straining himself. And he's he's tired. He's beyond where he should be. But he's still there. He's just really exhausted. And he just he doesn't necessarily know how to put it together because he's used to doing this twenty five eight kind of thing. And he's he's just a tired motherfucker. So I, I think he's a little more with it than the dementia gimmick is given uh given credence to. Can I just say I agree with Andrew a little bit and I think he's having more fun than he ever did because the times are allowing it. 
because he doesn't remember what happened yesterday. So it's all a new day again. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm my bad, man. I'm not honestly, Chris. Like, it's I'm a not, new day. Not, yes, it is. But yeah. I, like, like I see your point, and I'm not saying you're completely wrong. I'm just the way I interpret it is more. He's been tired. He's been overworking himself for the last forty fucking years to build this company further up than his father could ever dream because they didn't have cable then. They didn't have a cable access until after fucking WrestleMania what two or three. Like it, it was like you know like the whole local local cable bullshit. So we're in a whole different realm and stratosphere than it started in. And I think the the hours, the time, they're just wearing on him. And he doesn't want to admit it, but it you see it in his face. And that that's where you see you see the tired, you see the bewildered, you see the he's put so much into it and he just wants to get it out of it and he doesn't want to give up. And that's where we're at. So it comes off similarly to dementia, Alzheimer's, just losing a step. But I think it's just an old man who doesn't want to admit he's old and he's just he's just tired. And, you know, to be fair, man, I project a lot onto WWE in, in regards to my own personal experiences, because I don't know if I've even ever said this on these airwaves. And if I have, please let me know. But I see it. There's a lot of similarities between my, my own father and Vince McMahon. They're very similar people in the fact that they both have this larger than life presence. When they walk into a room, you know that they're there. You know what I mean? They can both come across as bullies sometimes, and it, it, it's almost it, and it's because of their insecurity. So they have to make sure that they mark their territory in whatever room that they're in. You know what I mean? Because of their own insecurities within them, they both had daddy issues. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot, of, and they they were both. I, I can't say Vince was a self-made businessman, but at the same point in time he was a businessman you know what i mean he never worked for anybody else same thing as my dad he had one job when he was 14 years old washing cars for a penny a car and he he decided then and there yeah this ain't gonna work out so i see a lot of similarities with them and i draw a lot of comparisons with wwe and our own family business because i mean wwe for all intents and purposes i know they're this billion dollar conglomerate but it's still run like a mom and pop business which that's probably an issue as well but that's that's not where i'm trying to go with this and i think vince had the same problem that my dad had he didn't like and and it kind of goes what you're saying too andrew he didn't know when it was time to bow out and to be fair they built these things with their bare hands from the ground up so who else would you trust other than yourself? I got it this far. I'll figure it out. I'll come up with the next brilliant idea to get us to the next level. Like who else would you trust? You know? And I mean, honestly, it it didn't work out for us because we, you know, we didn't have the, uh, the, the access to capital and and some of the other advantages that, that Vince had. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole personal thing, why, you know, things didn't work out, whatever, whatever. But I I, I draw a lot of parallels on them. So I I think that sometimes I project a lot onto Vince and that whole family structure because I see it very similar to my own. Like, I understand why Shane wanted to step out and go do his own thing because that's hard working with your father every day because that shit's hard working with your father every day, you know, so I can understand that. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And I get why Stephanie might be the favorite because they're going to be a lot. Of, the, the 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 father's going to be a lot easier on the daughters than he is the sons. That's just what it is. Oh, I, I said all that to say, man. 
I just I look in his eyes. I, I I just keep going back into it. Look in his eyes, and I'm not saying he's always gone, but also look at the product. The last what five or shit ten years, man. The product itself seems to come across very schizophrenic, and it might be just he's tired and he doesn't care about the day to day product because they're making more money than they ever have. I just see something in that man's eyes, man, where he's just not all there at this point in time. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. In your opinion, gentlemen, is it just that much more difficult now with the way things have changed so drastically media-wise and consumption-wise over the last decade and two decades? Like, it's been exponential. Yes. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's been another edition. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. But we can't disregard. He's the one that changed everything. Well, that's obvious. I mean, it's just just to me, it's more of the times than anything. I mean, I understand that Vince is so old, but I mean, I. You, you can't disregard the fact that, in my opinion, he's been the same for the last 20-plus eh, years. It, it, it's, it's not nothing outside of once he got over the legal problems he had in the 90s. It was all gravy. And to me, Vince McMahon just continues to play with his action figures in live time. <laughs> The way he feels like he wants to play. It's Vince McMahon's play, and he's just playing with it. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't he doesn't care what anybody else says about it. He doesn't care. But he, he likes what he likes. You know, listen to Bret Hart talk about how tag team wrestling is dead due to Vince McMahon. Or don't listen to that. But Vince McMahon does what he wants because these are... And he can... And he values the fact that whether or not he can trade cards, too. Like... I could sign this guy, but that's a lot of money and only have so much money because everything's going on. I have to put money towards my wife's political career and, and things like that and everything else. But, you know, I mean, I, I got, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. subjected to U- USA and, and things of that nature. But that's my opinion on WWE as someone who is literally almost 40 and has watched WWE for a very, very long time. Shout out to the melon farmer that can jerk off a hundred million dollars on two failed political campaigns, and it affects them like, God damn that! I dropped that twenty dollar bill out my pocket at the store. Ah, somebody got that in the parking lot. Happy <laughs> shit. So just uh, real quick, man, around the horn, and then we could we could move on after this. Do you think that there's an opportunity or a possibility, rather, that WWE gets sold while Vince is still on this side of the dirt? That's a really good question. I mean, I'm leaning towards no, because I don't think Vince would sell. But, I mean, the fact that Disney seems to be taking over the world, and uh, Disney definitely has the money to take over the world... If anybody was gonna do it, it'd be Disney. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. Not while Vince is alive, but maybe shortly after he passes. So I'll just say I think we've already covered the fifth topic in transitioning from the fourth topic. 
so the, the, this is pretty much what, what we're doing for a show today but don't you see Triple H just being the guy I mean it, it's not if, if he sells it he sells but the creative stays within the family like some weird ass contract mm. like that someone would be willing enough to to take on the amount of Andrew you're looking at me side faced why it's more just I don't know where you're going with that because but doesn't doesn't Vince Triple H has me, already been the guy for like right. most of his career so I don't think he'd want to just be the guy with sort of control because that's what the NXT situation is I think if, if you put it to NXT, if you put it to Triple H, he's going to be a little more staunch in wanting to keep control in the family and not necessarily sell just to prove himself. Because My... I feel like Triple H is at that point where he needs to prove himself to the IWC because he's got an ego. And a lot of people have already joked that every time an NXT person comes up that he likes... Vince doesn't like him and puts him in check and then throws him back down to the PC or jobs him out and then they're fired in like a year or two. So I, I think Triple H has a little bit of proving ground. So using that as the example, I think they wouldn't sell right away until Triple H proves himself to, well, himself. I think my point was less about who's going to take over for Vince and more about that Vince, his priority is that the storyline of WWE stays within a wrestling family as opposed to the rights to WWE and the global conglomerate global conglomerate that it's become in making money. I think he's more worried about it being viable and and dominant in the wrestling industry as opposed to the money making industry. Does that make sense at all? I'll, I will shut up now and I, let I... y'all take care of this. No, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's the exact opposite. He's more worried about the money-making industry as opposed to the wrestling industry. And I think that that's been borne out the past 10 years as the quality of the product has declined. Not saying there's not things on there that I enjoy, obviously. I try to focus on the good, and I try to focus on the good. But, I mean, we can't bury our hands in the sand and act like this is the best that the product's ever been. I mean, that's asinine even to even bring up. So I, I think it's more about the money than anything else. And the issue with WWE is it's the same issue with Triple H. They're a publicly traded company. So they're at the behest of their stockholders. And the problem with the stockholders is they don't understand the wrestling industry. So they think that Vince McMahon is the only one that can actually make money in this industry because he's the only one that has consistently done it for the past 40 years. And they don't believe in Triple H. We know Triple H. We know how intelligent Triple H is, but we're wrestling fans, so we watched his climb from the, the, the slop matches to the number two in the biggest wrestling organization in the world. Like We, we know how intelligent he is, but the stockholders, they don't see that. They see a guy that never went to college. They see a guy that has no business acumen or, or no track record from other businesses. And frankly, when they look at him, they just see a wrestler. That's what they see. They just see a wrestler. That's true. I Even think... though we know better. 
but that's what they see, and that's one of the issues, and that's why. And and the other issue is that the stockholders are finally starting to come around, and this part is hilarious to me that Vince has been kayfabing them all these years and running game on them, and they're start they're finally starting to wake up to that, and that that's hilarious to me. And shout out to Big Man. Yeah, one hundred. I I think we've exhausted our wrestling topics tonight. I mean, our last topic that we were getting into is you know. Uh, the, the, the two year anniversary of we're going to give you what you want but I think we pretty much got into that topic talking about Vince McMahon and what's going on in the WWE um, I don't even think they could give us what, what we want because I'm sure there's some of those writers and I'm sure Vince or Uncle Bruce or whoever would like to do more edgy things and more you know interesting storylines but there's only so far you could go especially now in 2020 the way that the climate is set up there's only so far you could go without risking backlash, which is going to hurt your bottom line. I, I mean, we started this whole conversation with, you know, uh, JR's comments about what's going on in AEW, and we transitioned right into exactly what we wanted to talk about because I have it written down here. You know, we're, <laughs> we're going to give you what you want, and that was two years ago. Triple H in the ring after a record low Raw rating, and they just had the same thing happen, so... I think we definitely covered that in what what's going to happen next. And it's interesting because everything's kind of almost set up all the time already. It's just like, when are we going to get a surprise? And that's unfortunate, right? That That's the problem. Because number one, the fans don't know what they want. So stop listening to us. We don't know what the fuck we want. But that is the problem, Tony. You literally hit the nail on the head. What made the Attitude Era so iconic and so great was that air of unpredictability. You literally didn't have any idea what was going to happen from segment to segment. And it was fun flipping back and forth between the channels, just seeing what was happening, who defected, who's here now, what are they doing, Austin's got a Zamboni, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, and, and that doesn't exist anymore. It's just so polished and so sanitized and... I don't know if we can ever get that back at this point. I, I have no idea. I would like to get that feeling back, but I love wrestling. I enjoy wrestling, and I try to focus on the stuff that I like as opposed to the stuff I don't like. And th I think that's the best way to be a fan, quite frankly. That being said, we're going to switch it up a little bit here. Mr. Kamishina, where can they find you and what you got going on? Because you got a lot going on this week, man. Oh, you can find me at PC Tony. I'm I'm, I'm almost uh, the light at the end of the tunnels right there. I, I I got some BS trivia to deal with at the end of the tunnel, but after that, I think we're home free. And uh, yeah, at PC Tony, right there on thechairshot.com. And make sure you tune in January first, the reinvention of Chairshot Radio, which I think you all will enjoy as listeners consistently day after day after day at the same time all the chair shot personalities that you know and love all three of us dpp is going to be involved mm -hmm. you got greg you got everybody from outsider's yeah. edge you got mags from across the pond <laughs> it, it's going to be excellent yeah. it's going to be excellent yeah stay tuned folks but uh al Moreland, where can they find you sir oh you can find me on the twitter machine at iwc war chief and uh, doing all the J Japanese, not necessarily New Japan, but some some fun Japanese content and Impact Wrestling on thechairshot.com. 
Hey, folks, you all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. But most importantly, or more importantly, it's like the week before Christmas. You got it's the what fifteenth, sixteenth. You got like nine, ten days. You know you're gonna have that surprise if you're gathering with families. I don't recommend it, but I know y'all gonna do what you do. If you're gathering with your families, you're gonna have that melon farmer that just pops up out the blue that you didn't account for. You don't have to run to the drugstore and grab them a 12-pack of Hershey's Kisses. You can go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and get him a cool-ass T-shirt from the coolest-ass website on the planet for news, reviews, opinions, and analysis with attitude. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. TheChairShot.com, we're not just a website. We're a movement, and things are happening. And we're going to keep it moving like an escalator, with or without. But we'll see what happens. More hey, likely, man. more likely with. Well, we'll we'll see. For Millhouse, for Al Moreland, Borland. I'm Swiss Beats. Borland. Thank you all for tuning in Why to the latest be, edition. Why do you need to be Swiss Beats? That's bullshit. I want to be Blade. I want to be Blade then. <laughs> Fucking Millhouse, eat a dick. Well, people have told me I look like Swiss Beats. That was the joke. Unless I you like eating dicks, then don't eat a dick. Yes, I, I don't need dick. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But That's thank what you I all said. For if you do, then... the yeah, they got it. Go ahead. Sorry. Just play it. All right. Wait, I gotta find it. God bless. Shalom. Hit it, Carly. Ah, fuck this. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, guys. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Festivus. What day is Festivus? I don't know. It's not the same day as. Um... Oh, the 20th. Festivus, yes. We need 20th. to have Festivus, man. We're going to have another chair shot meeting because I got a lot of grievances with you people, and that's when you're going to hear about them. I knew, we, <laughs> I knew we'd get them back in. Why well, I say all that? BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.